What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're going to talk UFC 295 at Madison Square Garden, ladies and gentlemen. As always, before we jump into it, go down, like, and subscribe. Let's hear your picks for this epic main card. I'm Paul, pick them, win them, Contra, and I'm always joined with. You already know, man. It's your boy, Kev. Water voice of war, aka the Dom PYE. You feel me? And I got my special guest, my dog Benji, in the back cut right there, chilling. That boy, <laughs> one that boy just happened to be at the crib when it was time to podcast. So I was like, oh, now you get to see the behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, you picked a good one to come by because 295 is absolutely fucking stacked. And it's like the best part about it is like a makeshift card, like. Some of these fights weren't supposed to happen, especially in the order that they were for what's on the line. We're supposed to get Stipe and John Jones, and you know, a little shoulder injury. John Jones' shoulder injury is so hurtful. Because this was supposed to be the big one, like, oh, the end of John Jones, like, heavyweight division moves on. Like, it's about to be crazy. And instead, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I feel like the casuals that don't know, like the only like they don't know the fighters and stuff, they're probably mad that we don't get that fight. But in all honesty, like Sergey versus Tom for the the belt is the interim belt. Is it the interim belt or the legit heavyweight? It's the interim belt. Yeah, but still, like that that fight right there is just like music to any MMA fan's ears. Facts, facts, facts. Way I better than the Stipe and John Jones fight. And it's like the tickets were already sold. I feel like niggas got that those tickets so early. So like tickets already sold, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, good ass card. We're gonna start it off with the return of the future king of flyweights himself. Diego Lopez is back and he's taking on Pat Sabatini. It's a pick'em, Kev. Minus one ten on both of these fighters. Split down the board. Both are submission specialists. It's gonna be a fun one to start off the main card. I respect it, right? Here's my thing about Diego Lopez every time, right? You know how I feel about bad haircuts. You know how I feel about bad chest pieces. And he has both. You got a little bit of both. But that's my motherfucking dog. When that boy got that flying arm triangle at UFC National, you see me representing the shirt to my online, my YouTube viewers. Bro, that shit was lit. We went crazy. If I could have did a backflip, I would have. We always going crazy for my dog, Diego Lopez. So for him to be going against another fucking BJJ monster, animal master, killer, makes this card so fucking lit. It's really intriguing. Like, are they are they both going to respect each other so much on the ground that we don't really see much of the ground, or is they both feel so confident in their groundwork that we're going to see two masters just scrambling on the ground? Hey, hey, no cap. My dog Benji just uh, looked up a picture of Diego Lopez and started dying laughing. <laughs> yeah, but hey, bro, don't no hate on my man, bro, because his skills are legit. He is legit. He is legit. He don't quit. So we fuck with the big dog. So how do you see this going? Because I don't know too much about Prime. I feel like I've probably seen him fight before. But like I do my research on Big Big Homie. And I can't pull up his motherfucking things because I can't couldn't find my iPad today. So his his, his he can't really strike that well. 
Like he's definitely someone that leans on the BJJ, but he got a conversation. Yeah, but it, no, not that bad. We're not going. We're not going to disrespect him like that now. But it does open up where Diego Lopez could have the better striking, and like maybe we see Diego Lopez on the feet doing some work. But like this fight's going to hit the mat, and I don't know who's going to have the edge. Like that's, and I respect both guys really highly on the mat. So this is really like it's a dealer's choice. Really, like there's a reason why to pick him. Because once it's the mat, it might be who has top position. But then at the same time, both have shown that they can get submissions off the back. So it, it, it could be just as dangerous for you on, on top there you are on bottom. So it really makes this fight really interesting to pick. It's facts. And, like, the biggest thing is I last the last time I remember, like, two submission artists, like, really, really go at it crazy was on – that boy Charles Oliveira and motherfucking um Charles Oliveira and Islam. And I'm saying that from just the point that like at that point in time, me being half MMA casual versus MMA um enthusiast versus slash street fight enthusiast, I'm like, Charles Oliveira is the number one in submission. So he's obviously one of the greatest submission artists ever. And then you see him get submitted immediately by by um Islam the second he tackled, he got him to the ground. So I think that's kind of the strategy for the both of these dudes. I think they're coming in this bitch like, yo, if I do get him submission, I can't hand fight. I can't do that immediately. I got to drop this nigga and I'm taking that shit. Or I got to get dropped and I got to steal that motherfucker. So I think it would actually be cooler if this fight ended in like a standing, like, um, standing, um, arm, standing, um, like a standing type submission, like a standing arm trial. Or like somebody gets the backpack and gets the front headlock. I think that should go crazy. But <laughs> regardless of how it goes down, I got Diego Diego Lopez by submission. I'm gonna take Diego Lopez too, and only because I feel like where I can't pick who's better on the mat, I do think Diego Lopez is the better striker. He also has the longer reach. And Sabatini, if he gets stuffed on a couple of takedowns, he really—I feel like he's really going to be in a, a like one-dimensional guy. Like if and I wouldn't be shocked. Like I don't know what the odds are in front of me, but I can only imagine the odds are pretty big because everybody knows how good of a submission artist Diego Lopez is. Like everyone's probably betting the submission or decision. I wouldn't be shocked he gets a knockout here. Like not really? like one hitter quitter where the person's stiff on the mat, but. You know, the stoppage where he drops him, gets on top, and is just landing shots that are uncontested, and then the, the ref steps in, the TKO victory. So, like, I would sprinkle a little bit something on that if the odds are big enough. Like, if you're getting, like, plus 500 or more on those odds, like, I would sprinkle a little bit something on that. Dang, I thought you were going to say plus 220. 500, Paul, you trying to... You no, trying it's, to already, it's already at a pick so I when the odds are that close on this who money line pick, I'm pretty sure that the, the knockout has to be something juicy. <clears throat> then the next fight on the main card, it's a homecoming for Matt Frivola, <laughs> New York, Madison Square Garden, the second time of his career. He's taking on the demon of France, Benoit St. Denis, who, who's been on a tear 2023. I mean, both been on a tear. I mean, Frivola coming off the knockout of Drew Dover, Benoit St. Denis. Beautiful knockout. Coming off of the UFC France, where he got the knockout over Tiago Moses, but he's also submitted the bomb from um, Ismael Bonfum 
in the fight before that killed the hype train on him. And fun fact, we already know Benoit Saint Denis, former like special ops of France. I didn't know this. Matt Frivola is also Sergeant Matt Frivola, U.S. Army Reserve. So we got former French military man taking on former United States military man. Oh, uh, salute to my dog. Salute to my dog, Steve Roller. Steve, but Paul, you know, you know how we coming. Can I get a Steve Roller? Steve Roller. Hey man, that's my motherfucking dog. That's the only. That's one of the few guys that like. <laughs> I'm 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 tapping in with everything. That knocked out. He got a judo girl. Was nice. Was it second round or first round? First round, they were just letting them hands go early. Yeah, cause I remember Drew Dober was – they threw so many hands in such a short amount of time. I thought Drew Dober – like, it went, the, the fight was a roller coaster because I thought it was a little even at first, and then Drew Dober started taking off. The next thing, you know, Steve Roller KOs him, and it's just like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, coming off with three straight first-round knockouts. The His fight before that was where he got knocked down in seven seconds against Terrence McKinney. So, but – then righted his wrongs and got three straight first round KOs. And uh, Benoit Saint Denis, he is coming on a four fight win streak, two submissions, two KOs. So neither one of them on their win streak has seen a, this a judge. That's why like what makes this fight so fun. Like this fight isn't selling the pay per views, but this fight's putting seats and asses for all the MMA fans. They could have they could have used this fight to headline um. They could use this fight to headline a um a fight night, but I love that they brought it to New York. This could have potentially if like if Gone wasn't the 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 heavyweight he is for France, like this is a fight that could have been a pay per view main event for France. Steamroller versus Benoit Saint Denis, like in my opinion, like you got Benoit Saint Denis is the Frenchman, like get him. I feel like this could have been a bigger fight on a on a different card. This like it's gonna be fun. Like, I don't do you think this is even going to the judges or just. One man walks in, one man walks out. One man walks in. And I one mean, two man walk in, one man walk out. Exactly. Like, motherfucking exactly. That's how this fight goes. And you know who I motherfucking got. But Benoit St. Denise is a problem. I really think if Steam Roller wants to come in and win this fight, with you feel me? Hold on, say that again. You're breaking now. What's it called? Benoit Benoit Saint Denise wanted to um win this. Um, if Steamroller, if Steamroller wants to win this fight, truth, truthfully, he has to be able to take on um, he has to be able to put together a smart ass game plan for Benoit Saint Denise because he's a problem in a lot of different ways. He has a lot of shit in his bag, so there's a lot of things you could worry about. Yeah, I mean. We both got the power. Both really have the one hit potential to knock somebody out. For Vola, he got his he he got his start as a wrestling base, and that's what he used in a lot of his early fights before he went on this like knockout power surge. And Benoit Saint Denis, we know he's a mauler. He's gonna shoot a fuckload of takedowns, and he doesn't seem to ever get tired either. So like they kind of stack up well. But I haven't seen the he's almost like Gaethje. Like, I haven't seen the wrestling since you came into the UFC. Like, that that's what got you here. But now it's only your hands that I'm watching. 
Benoit St. Denis, he is going to maul you. Like, he, from the opening bell, he's going to shoot a fuckload of takedowns, and he's going to threaten you. He's southpaw stance. He's going to threaten you with the, the left straight. And I really – I love Steamroller. It is his backyard of New York. He is going to have the crowd on his side, which maybe could play a factor. But Benoit St. Denis just seems like somebody who's that is the complete package. He's not just my fan favorite. This is a guy who's a complete package fighter. Damn. Damn, damn. So you're not going steamroller? I can't steamroll this one, bro. And, and you had the nerve to give me a steamroller. I apologize, bro. The, and he has the samurai bun, too. Like, Yuri, he, he's he's channeling the inner samurai. I wish I could do it for the one time, but I can't. This is what they be talking about. It be your own niggas, man. But it's okay. I'll still let you <laughs> Enjoy some cake after we fuck him up. <laughs> Damn, don't die before the show now. Might not make it to the main event. Next one off the slate. The first women's fight on the main card. Only women's fight on the main card. Jessica Andrada taking on Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern is minus 210. Andrada plus 175. Andrada coming off a three-fight losing streak. It has been to nothing but hitters. Yawn. Uh, Tiala Santos, who also just got cut by the UFC uh, last week out of fucking nowhere. No, I no one knows why Tiala Santos got cut. Top three uh, straw weight in the division. Um, and then that's, Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, and Aaron Blanchfield. So like Andrade's lost three fights in a row, but it is, it is what it is. Mackenzie Dern, everyone knows Mackenzie Dern, submission goddess. Win one, lose one in her last five fights, type of shit, but. Losing to Marina Rodriguez and Yawn, getting wins over Angela Hill, who we just saw last card. Yeah. Which is crazy. She was opening the prelims, but it was the main event on that card against Mackenzie Dern. That's how I'm not pulling Mackenzie Dern got. That is a fact. That is true. That's what's it called? That's the same card that um Zuckerberg bought out the whole Apex. Oh, yeah. Dan White was like, You want to buy that card? Shit. Say less, fucking. Yeah. Go ahead. So, um, I love this fight. I think Mackenzie Dern is pretty solid, but I don't think she's the greatest, but she is solid. And there's like, we're not going, we're not going to talk down on the women's division, but she's pretty solid. I think she's pretty good, but she's bad as fuck. So that's why she does. She's always gonna, she's always gonna be like a thing, and she's also like. A genuine good personality. It's cool. She stays on point. She's did I mention she's bad? So um we always gonna love Mackenzie Dern, but I don't think I'm rooting for Mackenzie Dern on this one. I'm not gonna lie to you. And like maybe it's because I I have this rule against thinking with my dick. It's new, it just came into place twenty minutes ago. It might it might get out of place after the after, by the end of the episode. But I think Jessica Andrade has only lost the hitters, and this isn't. This is like a step down in competition. Is getting because she's one of those people that's just gonna keep going back and forth. So like not having to deal with like a top, literally somebody that's probably gonna be champion in the next coming future. It's gonna show the best of her, and like she made like a lot of excuses. I think her last fight when she was like her titty popped out or some shit like that. So oh, like shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Even though and remember it was on her ass because she has like an OnlyFans and you mad 
Oh, you're just mad because you nigga didn't pay for each subscription. But we was on her ass. I I remember that. So, but I so maybe that's why. But I'm taking Jessica Andrade. I'm not gonna lie to you. So I actually agree. I got Andrade as the dog here. I mainly because the people she's losing to Jan Blanchfield Suarez either are like Santos and Jan. It's like physically bigger and stronger than her. Where like Santos couldn't dominate in wrestling because of how strong and big she is, and Yawn and Blanchfield, as being the longer reach woman, they could tag her from the outside, and they had heavy hands that hurt Andrada and keep her away because Andrada does does always her little fucking blitz furies, and it and if you can fight from the outside, her closing her eyes and throwing that little chasing jab doesn't usually work. So it's to me like Mackenzie Dern, yeah, she got submission skills, but Mackenzie Dern isn't bigger and stronger. She doesn't have great wrestling to control Andrada, and she doesn't have the hands to keep Andrada at bay. Like, so at what point is Andrada gonna be afraid of like doing her patented blitz where she just kind of closes her eyes and just starts wailing and then grabs your ass and then from the inside control, she's either throwing elbows fucking flying triangles jumping on you like there's i just don't think Mackenzie dern is the you know styles make fights i just don't think Dern's style is going to be able to counter anything andrada does yeah and if you i like that you brought up her fucking relentless bull rush attitude because if she gets into one of those zones i don't think Mackenzie dern's pace is going to be built to deal with that yeah and like the other the fighters that beat her, Blanchfield and Yon, like they boxed on the outside and tagged her with heavy hands. Mackenzie Dern isn't known for her counter striking or her use of distance striking, like and then Santos is just a big, strong woman with great wrestling. And Mackenzie Dern, great submissive skills, but you don't have the wrestling to keep Andrada like control her. So unless Andrada falls into some bad positionings off the um I don't see Mackenzie Dern in the submission. Yeah, I'm not. The only way that I'm not going to lie to you, this is when we start getting a little too disrespectful and we always end up looking a little stupid later. And we just did this at the Sean O'Malley shit and we did that shit at the Sean Strickland shit. But um, there's the Sean's, not the Dern. I, I don't think that she has just enough in her bag to deal with and draw it. That's just me. But I don't think, I think, I just think that. Because I think Andrade is actually is on a decline, and I don't know if Duran is like in her prime or is like has peaked yet, but we do know she's in her prime right now. So like, that's where this thing like and we could be wrong. So I don't want to get too disrespectful and it look crazy because like regardless, it's a win. It's a win for it's a win for me because I love bad bitches. So when bad bitches win, I win. So like thirty twenty seven Andrade. Yeah, oh damn. I like it. I like I'm calling submission. This submission day. Nothing but fucking submissions all motherfucking card. <laughs> well, good luck with these next two we're about to talk these next five. <laughs> we have the co-main event. The battle of the heavyweights, the interim heavyweight championship is on the line. No Stipe, no John Jones right now. John Jones shoulder injury. But we get Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall. Aspinall, slight favorite, minus 120. Pavlovich, plus 100. Damn near pick him. We've seen Aspinall in his return fight. He looked pretty damn good getting an easy win. 
And we've seen Sergey Pavlovich in every single one of his fights so far, and they're all easy wins, <laughs> all first round knockouts. He's been steamrolling people. That I get, I can do that steamroll. But how do you see how this fight goes? It it is a pick and it has split the community. I see right down the middle. Um, this is one of those fights where it's like, okay. Um, first off, I owe Tom Aspinall an, an apology because last card I was saying he didn't have a passport. Hit up it like three times, but like this first. But um. I last card I'd say he didn't have a passport, so the fact that he can get here on such short notice must be proof that he's legal. He's legal in the state. He's legal. That's my dog. Sergey Pavlovich is a fucking problem in any way, shape, or form. Baby. Anybody that's he's very he's the closest thing I think MMA has to a Tyson Fury without the personality. And um and it's pretty fucking scary. The fact that he's just a monster on the feet, he can submit your stupid ass, and he can probably slap the shit out. He could, he could probably go to the slap league and and like become a champion. Like he's just that big a problem. <laughs> so my thing about Pavlovich is like, damn, I know you're a killer. You're literally probably the the human representation of the dude of the Russian in um in Rocky. But Tom Aspinall is one cool ass guy. <laughs> Smooth criminal. I'm telling you, so you know I got my dog Tom Aspy, my arm bar. See, this is this it's so crazy because like at Pavlovich, every fight in the UFC since since he joined in 2018, first round finishes. Before he joined the UFC, the fight before that. <laughs> He went to a five-round decision with somebody at fucking Fight Night Global. And I'm just like, who the fuck did he go to a five-round decision with? Because who was eating the haymakers on in these other promotions? Nigga was sick. <laughs> so, like, Curtis Blades, like, that was the one hope. I was like, oh, we'll see. He's going to shoot some takedowns. Curtis Blades shot, like, two takedowns. I remember I was screaming, pissed off. But then he, like, explained, like, he was he he was getting tagged from so far out like he did he the opportunity to shoot takedowns weren't really there like you got to get closer and he wasn't and every time he tried to close any type of distance I think Pavlovich might have like the heaviest other than Francis Ngannou who's no longer the UFC I think Pavlovich probably got the heaviest hands right now like it's just it doesn't make sense because he's tagging him like with Tai Tu Vasa's KO it was just like a simple a simple like one two three. But, like, you saw the damage on Ty Voss's face as he was going. And he's somebody who got back up multiple times against Gone to just get steamrolled and decimated in a matter of, like, minutes. Problem. Yeah, so my big thing about Sergey Pavlovich, right, is that that boy Benji just looked him up. He was like, yo, but this nigga's straight muscle. And I'm like, yes, he's the problem. But, you know, he's the actual best heavyweight in the division for real. Like, John Jones is the GOAT, but the best heavyweight in this division is motherfucking Sergey Pavlovich. And I say that with my chest. So, like, Tom Aspinall is going to come into this fight short notice, and he's going to show why he, he he needs to be in either the, two, the number one contender or the two or three spot, the number one contender or the two spots. I think he's better than Cyril Gaon. But I don't think Cyril Gaon would have took this fight. No. Mm-mm. 
I don't think that's so I'm looking at I'm looking at Tom Aspinall from a very Alex Volkanovsky type of um point of view. Like you took this fight and now let's see you try to make something happen. And if he dies, hey, you're still my champ, homie. So he is Fury's training partner, sparring partner for boxing. His first love was judo. His dad is a coach, got his own dojo. And like so he's very well rounded and he's light on his feet. He he can tag you and get out of there and not get touched. Which is which I believe like for he will have success against Pavlovich and like the speed department, the footwork department. Even even I I do know Pavlovich can wrestle, so I don't know much about the groundwork, but I still think Aspinall will have the better BJJ groundwork for sure. But at, it's it's almost like the Deontay Wilder effect. It's like at one point he will make contact. Yep. And it's like you and can win two and a half rounds with your footwork and this, and you're not getting touched here or there. But then your back hits the cage, and then the left hand comes and cracks your – and then you're – it just obliterates people. It's like you're, you were there a second ago, and now you're not. And it's a five-round fight, right? Yeah, the belt's on the line. You got either got to put him down before – that's my that's my thing with Pavlovich. He's not someone I think you can beat in a five-round fight. I think you got to put him down before he puts you down. That's it. It's crazy. Me personally, I wouldn't be mad at Sirogan for not taking this fight either. I'm straight. Yeah, I'm taking that. Pavlovich because he's someone else who I, I've been seeing. like somewhere, I wasn't on his train immediately, but he was definitely a, a train that you see in a distance. Like, damn, that train is just fucking mowing through people right now. Holy shit. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you feel like <laughs> you are on the tracks where this train is coming. And I'm getting, I'm on board. I'm on the Sirogan train. I think it's a problem, bro. Oh, this thing is watching all of Pavlovich versus Jack Lewis highlights. And he's looking at it. It's, every one of them, all his friends are like that. It's just immediate. As soon as the bell rings, he goes in. He's the Terminator. The He is the Russian Terminator to me. Like, he just comes in, destroys the target, goes home. No, nah, real shit, man. But no, nah, I, got, I got my dog Tom Aspinoff. I'm rooting for him. I'm sending him. I'm sending him my energy like this was a motherfucking Dragon Ball. I want to see. I want to see him win, get the intern belt, and it's like Papa like a Denver Nuggets game with like a Joker jersey on. Oh, that'd be so far. And I like you know, that, like, like I feel like just have the, like he's the third Joker, bro. I can respect that. Then our main event. This one, another one. That it wasn't the main event, but I mean, I'm happy as fuck. It is the main event. Light heavyweight titles on the line. Yuri Proshaka's return, taking on Alex Piera. And we we said this for a while after the Glover fight. Like Alex Piera eventually is gonna come up and want revenge for the Yuri beating Glover. And here we are. Like I don't even think a year later, and we got the Yuri versus Alex Piera for the light heavyweight title. Oh, this fight is going to be so good. This fight is going to be so good. And Alex Pierre, he already had his... Who, who did he fight in his uh, debut? At, uh, Jan, um, Jan Blackowitz. Yeah, but he had a split decision win. Go, huh? How do you think this fight is going to go? I honestly think... I think Alex Pierre gets the win here. I, I really want to root for our boy Yuri. I love the samurai. But he's coming off what was potentially a career-ending soldier soldier injury. And, like, 
he got it repaired, and this is his first fight back again, and he's going to get somebody high level. And Glover was able to tag Yuri on the feet. There was a moments where Glover probably could have knocked out Yuri on the feet, and that's like a forty-five-year-old Glover. And then even before that, when he fought Dominique Reyes, before he got the spinning back fist, spinning elbow KO, he Dominique Reyes cracked his ass on the feet, and if. And I think Alex Pierre is not somebody that you want to stand up with and then throw a spinning back elbow or something and miss. Cause you already know Alex Pierre's check left hook is gonna is just gonna send his ass to the shadow room. But how do you think the Alex versus Yuri fight goes? But this shit is about to be a fucking bloodbath war. Cause like Alex has the knockout, the knockout power to knock Brody out. But Yuri is not going down. I think his chin it might be part titanium. And this is just going to be the chin check, you feel me? Like, if he, if he really is eating like that, if he really is a monster, if he really is a killer for shit, like, he'd be able to take Alex's power and then dish it back out. But um, Alex is coming to kill. Alex is coming for vengeance. So, like, this is what Romeo Mack was saying. This fight comes down to poverty. Who, who doesn't want to go back the most, like, really? <laughs> and I think Alex is Alex is coming ready to really hurt some shit. Jesus. Yeah. Yuri be getting cracked on the feet by pretty good strikers. I mean, we all know Alex Pierre's kickboxing uh history. Like this is an elite level striker that has crazy power. And if like Yuri, I just don't think it's technical enough, like to be able to stand in front of him and knock it counter hooked or Hey, the leg kicks also, I think, are going to play a part where Alex is picking him apart with leg kicks and then check hook here and just piecing him up, and it's going to hurt. And either – so I want to go Yuri because I love him and all, but like I said, also, the shoulder injury. It was almost His career was almost over, and now it's his first fight back. Like, this is not the best fight back in my first fight back. I mean, yeah, I'm not mad at him for taking this fight because, of course, he wants the championship, but – this is a cursed division. Like, there's just a lot that happens. And, like, this division very stagnant but moves fast at the same time because, like, how the fuck is Alex fighting for the belt right now already? Like, this shit's crazy. Off a split decision win. But that's what it happens. That's what happens. So, like, this is going to be a fight. And I think Alex, the fact that Alex is going to get another fight at this weight class so he doesn't – so, like, I feel like he's going to have a lot more speed a lot more speed and be a lot more comfortable with the shits. Oh, yeah, no. if, if he wasn't so big, I would be like, oh, he move it up to weight class. Who knows if his power is going to translate? Nah, like, that's a big motherfucker. He was double champ, two different weight classes at kickboxing. Like, his his power definitely translates. Nah, that, uh, so that's what we're going to see. I just think this <laughs> I think it might come down to a little bit more precision. I think if he cracks Yuri, he has to really crack him in the right spots. Because Yuri is going to try to come back. And Yuri's just going to be, he's so, so unpredictable that you can't really just go in there with a mindset of like, yo, I'm about to fight this dude. You're going to have to come in this bitch like, yo, I really got to kill this dude. Because like, there's just so many things he can do from so many different places. And we've seen that Alex can get knocked out. And we do know that Yuri has like devastating moves in his fucking, um, Arsenal, like being brought up the Dominic Reyes, Kale. He has devastating shit in his arsenal, too. 
be able to handle motherfuckers. So we'll see how this fight goes. But I got my boy Alex Pierre. Yeah, we're both rocking with Alex Pierre for the main event. It should be a good one. I mean, Madison Square Garden is going to be going electric. It's probably not going to be super lit for the prelims, but I have a feeling come main card, this shit's going to be rocking. Oh, yeah. The niggas, first off, the niggas are talking shit because they paid a lot of money to see John Jones fighting shit. But I think you... <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes, homie. You get, you get a, okay, a banger of a card, though. But as always, again, we appreciate anyone watching here at the end. Go down, like, and subscribe. Comment your thoughts for UFC 295. Yuri Prozhaka versus Alex Piera. It should be an electric one at Madison Square Garden. Yuri Prohaska. Prohaska. That boy, that boy got that boy Kevin. I've been working on the yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Stuff. I actually used I practiced that one the first time he had the brain up because I was like, yo, bro, what the fuck is this nigga's name? Jariah? Like what? <laughs> but we appreciate everyone watching. I'm Paul Pickle Winham. That's Kevin Waterboy, Street Fight Enthusiast of Boy. And if y'all didn't know, well now y'all know motherfuckers.